So tell me about what you saw when you were driving past Ellis Park Rugby Stadium just a night ago. Well, besides the fact that the Boca didn't win, <laughs> uh, when, we, when we came out after, in fact, before we got in, we actually saw a, uh, a smashed open um, a, a manhole cover on the road. And to our great surprise, as we got out of the buses when we, when we arrived there, there was uh, somebody scooping this water out of the road, out of a hole in the road, and basically using it for drinking purposes. And that shocked me, and the person standing next to me was also equally shocked. Unfortunately, I was unable to get a photograph fast enough uh, before the person left. But later on uh, the same evening, I returned back to the same place and started speaking to the homeless people in the area where I verified that that's what they did. I mean, you took several pictures, and, and they are on Facebook this afternoon. We, we'll be putting them out as well. But, but Dr. Turton, what made you stop your car and then take pictures of people? Do, do they allow you to do so, of them damaging property at the time? No, look, I, I always uh, talk to people when I'm doing things like that, and I explain to them what I'm doing, and I establish a human relationship. And then I ask them if I can photograph them, because I, I think they, you know, the picture tells a story. And my interest really in this whole thing is understanding... Uh, the process of state failure and, 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 and understanding whether we are in fact becoming a failing state or if there are, are elements of state failure at work in our young democracy. And, and what evidence do you have to support that? Well, I have growing evidence of, 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 of dysfunction uh, at different levels of society. And the one level that I'm busy working on at the moment now is dysfunction between different, different government departments uh, uh, for example, in the mining industry where the Department of Mineral, uh, Mineral Resources will give out mining licenses uh, in, in various areas, uh, such as uh, the upper Vaal, that is 100% underlain by coal, without any consideration to the uh, implications for, the, for water management. And what this ha- then does is it, it triggers an enormous amount of conflict uh, as, uh, as people start pushing back on the water uh, uh, implications. And, of course, the unintended consequence of this is that it just drives up conflict in the, in the mining sector and ultimately tells investors that we are not an investment-friendly uh, environment. So, ultimately, job, uh, uh, job losses are a result from it. I mean, there's two new terms that we're coining here in South Africa, water protesters and water shedding. D- Dr. Turton, are we going to see more, more protests around water? Um, you know, unfortunately, I have a dubious history of having predicted this in 2007, 2008, when I was at the CSR, when, uh, when I basically predicted social unrest as an unintended consequence of doing something about our water resource management. And at the time, I was deemed to be a maverick and, you know, and, and, and making, uh, uh, joining the dots without uh, having the necessary data at my disposal. But, uh, you know, I did the best with what I had at the time. So I certainly believe that you are going to see a lot more of it. And I also believe you're going to start seeing uh, an increasing amount of, of ham-fisted type of activity in the sense that because the decision makers don't fully understand the problem, uh, they, they, they increasingly apply the wrong type of solution, which merely exacerbates the problem in the first place. I mean, we have uh, situations currently ongoing in the Dunakana village in the northwest. Residents they say they've been without water for over three months. Today they raised the stakes by blocking the N4 highway that links the country to Botswana. We have cases throughout the country, for example in Guyane, where the local department is, is now no longer in charge of water. The National Department of Water has taken over. That's because money that was meant to be building boreholes was never allocated or used for that purpose. Uh, Dr. Turton, how, how do we fix these problems, and is it at the top? Do we go to the minister? 
Well, you know, it's my assertion that uh, as, 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 as good as the minister is as a human being, uh, she's very committed and trying her very best. I believe we're seeing systemic failure. So it's the failure of the system itself. So the, by virtue of the fact that it's systemic failure, no individual can fix it up. Let me give you an example. I'm working on two cases at the moment. Uh, one of them is a, is a dysfunctional sewage works in the Pretoria area where there's quite clear empirical evidence that the, that the magnitude of the problem is of such a scale that your current municipal mechanisms, uh, uh, procurement policies, financial uh, management act, etc., means that it's impossible to fix that, 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 that problem. Uh, so in other words, we have systemic failure there. And there's another example now in the, in the, in the draft down in KZN where, where sand mining has been identified as the cause of a problem uh, as experienced at a water treatment plant in the Invoti River. But in reality, uh, you know, they, they, they blame sand mining on this, but in reality there's no evidence at all to suggest that there's a causal link between sand mining and, 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 and the problem at, uh, at the Invoti water treatment plant. So a ham-fisted sort of military-style approach has been uh, initiated to close down all sand mining, irrespective of where they need or not, uh, which has now got knock-on effects, for example, of creating shortages of sand into the concrete uh, industry, which means that we can't build infrastructure like bridges and roads and highways, and the new desalination plant that they, they're talking about is a solution to the problem. So, so these are inherent systemic dysfunctions, and unless we understand it as, as systems that are, that, that, that are failing in their own right or have constraints in their own right, I don't believe we're ever going to move this debate forward into a situation where we can ultimately solve it. So, Dr. Turton, when you talk about the systemic failure, today we have a three-day cabinet meeting that's starting, a cabinet Lakotla chaired by the president. One of the issues that's going to be under discussion is this impact of water shortages and the drought that we've been talking about, one of the worst in the country since 1992, put to us by the United Nations earlier this year. What can cabinet do to address the systemic failure? Is it about throwing the baby out with the bathwater and starting all over again? You see, I guess we started our problem in 1994 when we became a democracy because one of the first things that was done in our young democracy was to basically throw away all of the legislation and all of the things from the past. Now, one of the things we threw away was a commission of inquiry into water matters that was triggered by a similar incident in the 1960s. So, so that, that resulted in a, in a massive national commission of inquiry which, which, which created a, a strategic level plan that was implemented from the ninth, early 1970s onwards. And that predicted that in the next century where we are now, we're going to have endemic water shortages unless we do certain things. And unfortunately, that plan was thrown out because it was deemed to be tainted by apartheid. So what, what we are now forced to do, the system is unable to rectify itself. So the system is now forced to either learn uh, learn to correct itself or it's going to need some kind of external intervention. So uh, once again, you know, this is it's a systemic thing and uh, systems learn and, they, and they, are, they are able of adapting to change. And it's when they don't learn, that is when your systemic failure happens. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Anthony Turton. We'll definitely invite you back should we have more questions for him. A specialist there on water and, of course, one of the scientists who's been working on this for some time, uh, Dr. Anthony Turton, a trained scientist specializing in water resource management. So over the past few weeks, the Minister of Water and Sanitation, Nomvula Mokinyan, has been visiting communities affected by this current drought who've been put on this water rationing program, affectionately called water shedding. It's in an effort to raise awareness 
awareness on the drought as well as the issues related to water conservation and water demand management. We have on the line the Minister's spokesperson, Mbli Mandlele Ndamase. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jason, and good afternoon to your listeners. I, I hope you had a chance to hear some of the, the points that were made to us by, by Dr. Turson, but he's saying we, we're just not adapting to change. We had a plan for dealing with water, and that plan has been kicked out. Do we have a plan today? No, definitely. The minister has been visiting KwaZulu-Natal, and obviously, as you have said, visiting communities and discussing the issues that you've got currently in that part of the country. But you must also remember some simple facts. One is that we are a water-scarce country, too. Um, we are regarded as the 30th rice country in the world. But so thirdly, uh, we, you know, we don't have water resources in abundance, as uh, our behavior sometimes seems to suggest. Mm. Now, uh, that would also tell you, uh, and, 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 and your listeners would know, that we, we are a country that has been affected by issues of climate change, global warming, mm. And we are not receiving the rainfalls that we would anticipate or that we would expect, as has been in the past. Well, that's so a supply sense. issue now. If we could get God on the show, we could ask God as to, to why we're not getting enough rainfall. We have you on the show. So let's try to figure out and, why we're not managing the water that we have as a department. Why are our dams in such terrible condition? Why is the Hazelmere Dam got a crack in it today that allows only 60% of the dam to be filled with water? That's not an issue of rainfall. That's an issue of managing the resources. As the department, and as I was trying to explain to you, the water that we capture in the dam, we must get it somewhere. Now, the Hazelmere Dam, as we're speaking currently, the department has appointed contractors for us to be able to raise that dam so that we can build our storage capacity to be able to supply the Etobini municipality and certain parts of KwaZulu-Natal. Haven't we been talking about the dams for some time? These dams and the shortages of water in our communities around the country is not a new story. And as you heard from Dr. Turton, this commission of inquiry around water has been been put together years ago, much similar to the ESCOM crisis. We had warning signs. What have we done about those? Similarly, you must remember that water infrastructure in the country was never created to serve Mm. all communities of our country. Infrastructure was one of the issues that have led to inequalities in our country. And part and parcel of the responsibility that government has had to take on board is to ensure that we service communities across the racial lines in order for us to be able to deliver water to people. But I think importantly, you would know and and, and the listeners must know that part and parcel of the projects that we are running in KwaZulu-Natal, we now have the lower water, um, lower together water scheme, which is going to come, uh, should be active by June 2016. And that particular scheme will assist us to be able to ensure sustainability of supply of water to some of the northern coastal towns of KwaZulu-Natal. But the critical and the important thing is that as government and the minister did pronounce on this particular matter in her budget speech at the beginning of this year, that government is currently working on a South African master infrastructure, water infrastructure master plan. And that particular plan must then guide us as to how we must be able to invest in our infrastructure so that we can supply and guarantee the sustainability of our supply for water. Is there a timeline that we can at least hold the department accountable to say by this date we will not be seeing water restrictions in communities, there will be no longer protests by the residents of Tsanin Village today because they've been without water for three months. Is there a timeline for arresting some of these challenges like that of the Hazelmere Dam even? The, the important thing, Tashin, is that you must separate the two things. Water restrictions are on the basis of non-availability of water in areas that have had water previously. And as part and parcel of responding to that challenge, we have been mobilizing communities in how we need to change our behavioral patterns and how we're handling our water resources. 
as I said when I was speaking off, that we are a water scarce country and we must accept that we can't do things and assume that it is business as usual. Now, how we behave in utilizing our water is but one issue. But two, you must know that in the country currently, over 90% of our communities have access to water. Now, that tells you that tells you that there has been major progress in implementing water projects in the country. However, we are, and government has, through the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, led the program that is known as Back to Basics, of which the Department of Water is part of, because we then need to look at the capacity of our municipalities to maintain and to operate some of the water schemes that we have. And currently, 27 district municipalities, including one metro, have been identified for government to intervene, especially with regards to capacity and skills, so that we can ensure our best efforts are invested in trying to maintain and operate our water resources and supply water to people sustainably. So, But water, as I've said, is a scarce resource even if we had all the infrastructure and the ability to distribute the water. But people also need to find ways mm-hmm. of how we recycle water, how we re- harvest rainfall, and how we, aid, you know, currently we're using clean drinkable water in our toilets and sewer systems. And we need to come up with new ways of saving drinkable water but using recycled water. That's a great idea. Mlimandlela, b- before we let you go, because we, we are running out of time, L- let's get a date from you. What, what date do you think the minister is going to be able to announce some big achievement in water so that we're not constantly calling you about the problems around water? When are you going to have something for us that we can celebrate from the department? Well, as I said, no. So give us, give us a date, Mlimandlela. When, when should we call you back? The, the, the minister has been very clear that by the end of the current financial year, we will have a South African water infrastructure master plan. That master plan will guide the department in how we respond to all the infrastructure challenges in as far as water is concerned. So this is going to take at least a year, is that what you're saying? But the fact, but, well, that's just the plan. But importantly, you must remember the, the magnitude and the size of some of the projects that we are undertaking in as far as water is concerned are not one-year projects. You are looking here at projects that if you are going to ensure sustainability of supply, it's mega projects that require competency and skills that we are mobilizing so that we can deliver water sustainably into the future. The NDP speaks of 2030, but the fact of the matter is that going to 2030, we must have all the necessary water supply and our resources on board so that we can sustain the development for today, but also sustain them for future generations.